Working Blind, sharing the stories of working blind people from across the globe. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Working Blind. I'm really excited to be talking to Lucy Edwards today and Lucy is a journalist and social media influencer. Hi Lucy, how are you? Hello, Hall. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm very excited to have you on the podcast today. This is great. Oh no, when you uh, when you um, tweeted me, I was like, yes, Hall, we've got to do this, got to make this work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really appreciate you giving me some of your time. And um, you have a really impressive portfolio because you are the first blind Radio 1 presenter, which I think is extremely cool. You also have almost a million followers on TikTok and you started your career with social media on YouTube where you've got around 40,000 followers. Did you ever imagine when you started that you'd be here now? <gasps> Oh my gosh, when you said nearly a million on TikTok, I kind of nearly fainted because <laughs> I, I started it back in August and I, I just think this whole journey of people wanting to know, how does a blind girl do ABCD um, is incredible. Um, no, to answer your question, I never imagined that it would go this crazy. Um, back in, I think it's 2014, I first started uploading on YouTube and I had a video called Blind Girl Does Her Own Makeup that went crazy. And then I kind of, I did do online bits and bobs. Uh, I started to train as a journalist and that's when my love for the media and just everything traditional and non-traditional media started to flourish. If you can hear my retired guide dog chewing on a bone, I really do apologise. <laughs> but That's um, fine. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and then I honestly never imagined that it would get this crazy. But the amount of people that have reached out and said, you are really helping me, you brighten my day, um, and you're you're educating me. So yeah, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I think it's really incredible, honestly, and very exciting to see a blind person having such an influence over people and, and gaining so many followers, especially someone from the UK, because I think we see a lot of, even in terms of social media in general, a lot of people from the US, but not really so many British people. Yeah, you know right. You know what, Hall, I totally agree. And for me, um, I try and obviously I, I love the fact that it's flourishing and my career is going in that sort of direction. I've always wanted to build a, a massive following on social and TikTok's really allowed me to do that um, alongside my um, presenting portfolio in traditional media. And um, I really do feel like I've got wings at the moment. I'm so chuffed with it. And I think you, you, you're right um, for me this is why I'm on this pod as well, is that I believe that all of us should have a platform to tell our stories, to make a change, to make a difference. And why I do it is to educate the masses. I know and I knew that younger people are on TikTok. I wanted to show everyone that isn't necessarily educated at school about blindness. But not only that, you know chat with folks like you who are doing amazing podcasts and 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 you know show the world that it's not just one perspective on blindness and if we all work together that's how equality and change happens you know I, I want to plan to do a lot more like social movements hashtags with all of us I believe the UK community on Twitter, especially in the VI community, is so powerful. Um, and we all have a duty 
to rally together and if I just stayed in my own lane I think it's kind of pointless um in some not not completely pointless obviously but like um I'm so not about just being on my one.com um it's about being being a, a community together isn't it so right we have to support each other and actually work together you know when we see a blind person doing something that we really believe in we can lift up their voice and actually support them and even when we see someone doing something that we think well I wouldn't do it like that it's still a valid way of doing something just because it's not what you or I would do completely and I think because there are so little blind voices out there uh, in mainstream media it, there tends to be maybe a tendency to maybe judge that that one person because it feels like you're completely being um you know represented by that one person and yes that it's completely valid um uh, you know your thoughts and feelings are completely valid and if you don't feel represented by that person you know it, you you have a valid feeling to feel that way it's just that if there was more of us then there, there would you know a lot more people would feel represented if you get what I mean I'm hopefully I'm yeah. articulating that correctly um, oh absolutely so, yeah, yeah because I think the problem is like you say in the media there's so few of us that we almost get viewed as a, a singular entity when we're not we're, we're a group of people who have vastly different perspectives whether that be social political you know we have different goals in life we have different things in our lives that are important to us and actually seeing more of us in the media can only be a good thing oh completely and to be to be honest hern even just us two talking here i know we're uh, uh, you know both blind but we have completely different vision and we you know we, we went blind at different times in our life um we've had different experiences with it we've been to different schools you know we're not just the same and I think that's what drives like inspiration porn as well yeah because there is a lack of understanding and knowledge and I feel like TikTok for me has really jolted hashtag learn on TikTok has really jolted the perspective of people because I'm getting comments like oh yeah well oh, you know my com when I was first started my commenters were like well how do you work a phone and now my audience is like replying back to people on my latest videos well of course she uses a screen reader and I'm like you know it almost makes me cry because I'm like oh my gosh people know now you know all people needed to do is have education and the power of education and positivity and no negativity really does jolt the the landscape of everything I feel yeah, you've really managed to reach a group of people who I don't think were being reached before by social media or activist movements because we're, we're just all in different places, you know, and you found a place on TikTok, as have some other disabled creators, you know, to reach people and say, well, actually, this is how I live my life. And hopefully those people will then go on to view any blind person they meet very differently from how they might have viewed them before they met you. Yeah, completely. And and it's it's so it's so amazing um the technology that's out there but i feel as well by you know put, giving a platform to other technology it then prompts other people to to add more things to apps and mm. alt text and you know better talking scales not that i don't love my talking scales <laughs> but 50 quid oh my god you know yeah. And highlighting all these issues in a fun way, yeah. Um, just like you're doing with this whole like working blind is an amazing concept, and I think 
you know, it's proving to people that you can work as a blind person because you blinking well can. Well, I really appreciate that because I started this podcast actually because um, when I was younger, I sort of knew I'd get a job. I mean, my parents always just basically had the same expectations of me as they did of my sister who was sighted. But I didn't know that many blind people who were in work, sadly. And I knew they were out there, but I just thought, I've got to bring all these people together, which is why I did this. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I think, I think... I've had the same upbringing that there was never any question that I would never get a job. But equally, there are people out there that haven't had, you know, maybe our upbringings that that don't necessarily feel like that that working was ever a concept in the people around them. It's minds. And and that's really bad because if there's no expectation or there's no thought that they might you know go on to to greatness or or get a job then in their minds that's low self-esteem anxiety and and obviously if there's no role models this is what I always say I when I googled blindness when I was younger I nothing came up Paul I Mm. didn't have we didn't have when we were younger people like you doing these podcasts and me on BBC going look I am a symbol here of something you can achieve you can do this and there's barriers every single day for us it's like we're kicking the door down sometimes but I want to prove to little kids they can and this is what we need to do it's what we're both doing absolutely and hopefully by kicking the door down we can uh, make it so it's a bit easier for those kids when they grow up and um, talking of careers did your career goals change when you went blind Oh, that's such a good question. Completely. This may be different, as as we say, for other blind people out there. But for me, because I went blind at 17 years old, nearly eight years ago now, um, initially, I always say my sighted and non-sighted Lucy dream. Um, (laughs) My my sighted Lucy, I was so up for being a lawyer. I actually went to law school. I got in and and got a first in my first year on my exams and things and I just sat there one day and I was so low because I was a year into my blindness um and I just thought I am so ill right now I can't even take anything in and I just don't even know whether this is something that I want to do and there's there's a isn't don't you think at school there's a drive for university and university yes. is absolutely fantastic I'm not I'm not kicking it at all like we're at law school it was really good but I don't think there was any other sort of thought in my mind that university wasn't an option and I sort of came out of uni thinking I feel really ill and I don't know who I am and my eyes hurt and I can't see anything and this is all a shock and I'm a teenager what am I doing so I basically sat in my room with with strong antidepressants for a good year thinking I've just dropped out of law school I love social media I love my YouTube channel I was being supported by everyone around me but I just felt like a zombie hole with loads of ice cream and I just sat in my bed with Ben and Jerry's not sponsored but (laughs) just you know it's a it was one of them so and and I got through that and 
it, that was just a period of my life. I, I, I say that I like to acknowledge that because it's so important to, to think about what did happen to me and it shaped me as a human. And then I sort of just said to myself, you know, I've got to get through this and think about who Lucy actually is now that I'm feeling a bit better because I don't believe you can think about who you are if you're that ill. No. Um, and it's such a, a pinnacle time in your life. It really, it really did shape me. Um, and yeah, I, I applied for extended digital news scheme at the BBC. I got in and the rest is history really. And that became me. It became Lucy. Um, yeah. That's so. an incredible story. And it's actually something I didn't know about you before. I mean, I, I've watched quite a few of your videos and I know some things, but I didn't actually know that you'd gone to law school. I think that's really incredible and, and actually extremely interesting. Um, yeah. How did you become comfortable in front of a camera? Was it part of your media training or was this something you always, like, did you always find performing easy? Yeah, so I was that little girl <laughs> that, like, bursted out of the curtains with my hairbrush oh. and my sister would walk behind me. My sister's a musician. She's absolutely incredible. Whole, I mean, I, I would bigger it, but she's so, like, she will go places, that queen. Um, but I would be the person in front of her going, hello, this is Alice Edwards behind me. Um, I'm Lucy Edwards. Welcome to our show, you know, with the hairbrush. So I was that kind of like, I always used to say to my mom, like, I want to be a performer. And then I don't know. I don't know what jolted between school and 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 wanting to be a lawyer I think it was like the human rights activism side of things and mm. school being quite geared up for uni um it's not that 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 bit isn't isn't me because I'm a very I can be a very serious journalist now and I love education and academia but definitely I think performing was always in my blood um I don't know why because my mom and dad are like like they they just want to turn the camera away from them uh they're like Aww. where did you get this from Luce you know so my sister um but they're so creative uh my dad oh, he my dad's an engineer and my mom's a nurse um but my dad does the most amazing paintings oh, wow. um uh well he did when he was younger and and my sister obviously is a musician so anyway um it does run in our family and I think uh where was I going with this? Yeah, just performing and things. I, 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 it has always been part of me. I've always been a chatty Cathy. I've always wanted to know about people, what they're doing, how they are, and you know, I could stand there for an hour chatting to someone on the on the train or whatever. I'm always making new <laughs> friends, so it's, it's it's like you know, people can't shut me up. So yeah, it, it is definitely me. And I think with the, with the camera, how I got used to it is, to be honest, I was really really shy at the start. I mean, when you look at Blind Girl Does Road Make It when I was 17, Ollie put the camera on me and I was like, hello. You know, Aww. you have to have that awkward yeah. <laughs> moment. And, um, you know, you do worry about looking at the camera as well as a blind mm. person and, you know, training yourself to to look a certain way and, you know, all that all that comes with practice and time and, and IRA or people around you or voice technology. So... Yeah, it, it was something to get used to. And I think I only really started feeling comfy about a year into my YouTube. But it really was what I would say to anyone out there. And I don't know whether you will say this whole, that you just got to do it. You just got to yeah. do it. If you want to do it, you just do it. You just have to sit there. If Ira's going to help you, if someone else is going to help you, you can edit, you can upload. As we were saying on the Guide Dogs webinar, sorry, I literally, as we say, I'm not getting a word in edgeways, are you whole here? And I'm chatting your head off. 
but yeah there we go <laughs> that's me <laughs> no, that's absolutely fine I love it honestly like I try and talk as little as possible on these because I really want the people I interview to talk so it's great when yeah. I don't have to pry question like answers out of someone um yeah. how do people in the industry really respond to your blindness oh what an amazing question um so what I would say is that in at the BBC they're fantastic I really I really would say that hands down that they're an amazing corporation when I walked in there I had support from Damon who was my manager for a time oh, who great. was also a blind journalist yeah. Emma Tracy I was put in a really supportive team in BBC Ouch and it was absolutely fantastic the the things that I learned there were absolutely invaluable um to my career I think um there is still a lot of tokenism there is still a lot of misunderstanding maybe and if people as I say just going back to the TikTok if people are educated, I think the barrier then is broken between us both. Um, it is the lack of education still out there in the workplace um, to really know how to support a blind person. And I feel like throughout my my career, because I've had a document of, you know, A, B, C, D, E, this is what I want out of a situation. You hand it to your managers, um, you know, and and it's about being headstrong as a person to say I need this which is really hard when you're a young girl not knowing really what you need um as a young woman rather um so yeah it, it it is it is having to put yourself out there out there a bit it is um chatting to people and just you know making them realize you know hey I'm just Lucy um I do need adaptations but I'm Lucy and um also the understanding that I am not you know as much as hard as I try I am very very good a journalist but I'm not a sighted journalist you know I am going to take a bit longer than a sighted person and it's about owning that and I used to feel really really guilty mm -hmm. and really really like oh my gosh maybe someone won't hire me because I'm you know not not as quick as the, the next sighted journalist but actually you know, over the over the past maybe even half a year, it's quite a new development in my psyche. I'm just like, well, if they don't want to, then they can go away. Like, <laughs> I am me. I, I'm only a bit slower um, in terms of, you know, getting my tech ready and things. Once I'm away, I'm away. But they can't expect me to have a blind journalist and basically act like a sighted person because I'm not. So yeah there we go not that, that not that loads of people have I'm just saying just as a PSA there we go I'm Lucy <laughs> I I love that <laughs> I love your confidence and I love the acknowledgement that you are a blind person and that you can be proficient at your job but you are not a sighted person I think that's so important to recognize because I think we do beat ourselves up and we feel guilty for not being sighted and that's so destructive yeah, oh my gosh, I totally agree. I've had so many times in my life, in my career, where I've sat there, I'm like, I'm not sighted anymore. Mm. And that grief has consumed me. Oh, I used to be able to do this. I used to be able to do that. I could see that. Or if I could just, you know, click with the mouse pointer like I used to. No, 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 no. Do not do that to yourself. If take it from me, and I'm sure you, Holly, will echo this. If you think about the past and don't think about the future and moving on and, you know, 
you will feel so so bad and that is what led to my mental breakdown Mm. you have to love yourself and no matter how many people make you feel crap about your disability you are not horrible you are valid you are amazing just because you have a disability and you have extra access requirements needs it doesn't mean that you are not amazing and capable at that job you just do things in a different way I'm so glad someone has come on this podcast and said this because I think we spend a lot of time talking about how we can prove that we are good enough and we talk about a lot of things like proving you're capable at interviews and these things matter but also it's really important to say actually you matter just because you don't need to be anything else you literally just matter because you're a person and so I'm I'm very glad someone's come on and actually said this. And then what changes would you like to see in the industry, I guess, going on from this? Um, you know what? I was just I was chatting um to a really dear colleague of, of mine um the other week and I was just saying, you know, I think if there was like this is where I think collaboration comes in whole from all of us um, across the board as blind social media advocates, but also as blind journalists, just in, in the workplace that if there was sort of like a unified um, agreed code of conduct, almost that we could hand a piece of paper to someone and they sort of had a brief outline of what we need, what we, what we need from a situation and how best that they can work with us. If they want to give us one back, that that's fine too. Um, <laughs> if they work in a if they work in a different way, if they mm. have a different disability, or if they have communication needs and 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 wants, you know, I'm happy to take another code of conduct back. But I think there needs to be this collaboration that from 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 industries to to show how capable someone is and and word that document in a way that you know, you will get the best out of this this subset of people uh, m- more generally because of this. Because then I think this would, uh, if you see if you see these rules or, or, or the code of conduct that we've, we've come up with, because I think more generally that would bring up the people who are less confident to come out and say, you know, uh, you know who haven't written a document like me, who's a chatty right. Cathy will chat your heads off and tell everyone you needs wants and desires in a single phone call um but there's people out there that don't want to do that and equally I I you know previous in this conversation we have said that all blind people are different so that's very uh, you know we need to take that into account but I think if we had a standardized you know code of conduct almost that uh, and we tweaked it to our own individual needs in a job I think that would make a lot more people confident Right, because employers would also expect that sort of document. So they'd know, okay, you know, an employee is going to give me this information and they wouldn't be so resistant then because it would just be an expectation, actually. Yes, exactly. Um, it would. And, and what I think then is if we all had this like standardised bit of data, uh, you could then go in as Holly, as Lucy and say, you know, that's not quite me. I would do right. this, but equally that's a really good thing to say and it would prompt thoughts on our individual basis that we could you know add to it you know yeah that makes total sense yeah and I've actually drawn up an outline 
like this for education to send to university lecturers because I found that one thing that often happens is you send all your DSA information off and you get your equipment but your lecturer doesn't know what you need because they don't have that information so I, I drew up my own but it amazed me because when I went looking online there were no templates for anything like that and I, I, I was yeah. shocked actually I thought it was really unfortunate. Don't you think it floors you that yeah. you could spend hours and hours and hours on all these separate documents and all of us have probably made one, one, one. I mean, I've never made a DSA document, but that is just incredible that you yeah. have. And I think, as I say, community yeah, and we you, need to you're share being these united resources. is so important. Yeah. Because mm. yeah. would we have ever had this discussion, even if it wasn't on your podcast, Cole? This is the thing. It's crazy, isn't it? So... Right, yeah. I mean, these conversations need to happen. Um, what are your future plans? I always ask this question. I always think it's so funny because people go, ooh, <laughs> whenever I do. Oh, yeah. All my future plans. Um, I want to make podcasts. I want to make documentaries uh, on a wider scale uh, uh, as well um, in, the, in 2021. I want to grow my TikTok, my YouTube, my socials. Um, to an even wider audience and I want to collaborate with as many disabled um, influencers uh, and um, just shout from the rooftops and I also I I want to get a disabled pride event going um, it's always been my my aim for years and years to have a disabled pride event in London or something um, but yeah those are my aims that, <laughs> I don't know whether they'll happen just in one year <laughs> that's amazing I expect they might not all happen in 2021 <laughs> but I'm sure you'll make some really good progress and I'm personally really really excited to see what you do and and one final question what is your advice to a young blind person who says I want to be a journalist what what do you say to them oh my advice is um put yourself out there ASAP if you want to be um, a broadcast journalist get on YouTube um, you know get learning software like Reaper like Final Cut Pro get your keyboard shortcuts down because often when you enter um, an environment like the BBC they do they you know you can use Final Cut Pro and your skills on Reaper you know there's not necessarily a standardized um, well there are standardized softwares but as a vision impaired person, we go with what's accessible. So the sooner you can jump into those things, the better. Um, you know, listen to Holly's podcast, listen to um, uh, the Guide Dogs webinar and and think about, you know, your path and, and where you see yourself, what kind of articles or um, content do you want to produce? Maybe have like articles that have been written by other people uh, in your arsenal to say, you know, I like this, this and this. This could be a set of links that you you look up to. Write your own blog if you want to be a print journalist. Um, and just sort of basically because there's so many subsets of journalism, there's like, you know, so many departments in the BBC. There's arts and ends, there's travel show, there's click. You know, do you want to be a tech journo? Do you want to be, um, you know, on BBC Ouch, where it's like disabled journalism? Do you what What do you want to do, and what kind of topics do you like? Because often it's it's it's, you know, I've been driven by you know 
telling stories about blindness which is absolutely amazing and I think is the pinnacle of of what gets me up in the morning to to educate people on blindness but also you have to think what is Lucy I like knitting I love gardening I love uh, watching the crown I love being with my fiance and and you know going to the cinema and being with my guide dog and you know and editing video so I don't know just think about who you are and what you want to be and that will help you in Korea and be a chatty Cathy if you can. <laughs> that is absolutely wonderful advice, Lucy. And I just want to say again, a huge thank you for coming on the podcast. And I've learned oh. so much. Oh, thanks for having me, honey pie. Speak soon. Yep, yeah, speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to Working Blind. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. For more of my advocacy initiatives, including my blog, visit my website, http colon slash slash catchthesewords.com. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at catchthesewords. That's C-A-T-C-H-T-H-E-S-E-W-O-R-D-S. If you have any comments or feedback, please email me holly at catchthesewords.com.